Welcome to the Chickasha Chamber Chatter Podcast, the only podcast that takes you behind the scenes of small businesses right here in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And now, here is your host, Whitney Palisano, Membership Director of the Chickasha Chamber. Thank you for joining us for our April edition of the Chickasha Chamber Chatter Podcast. We are going to be talking about insurance today since Oklahoma storm season is upon us. We're going to visit with Garen Smith of Shelter Insurance about different coverages and options you have on your insurance. Before we get started today, I'd like to thank our podcast sponsors, Hillary Communications and First National Bank and Trust Company. So I hope you enjoy our visit today. You know, April is storm season in Oklahoma, so we thought we would sit down with one of our chamber members who is an insurance professional and just visit about claims and what to do when you've um, had a claim and how your insurance plays a role in that. So we have Garen Smith with us today um, from Shelter Insurance. Garen, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and thank you even better for calling me a professional. In the end, yeah, I'm certainly happy to be in the community and serve the community in the capacity of an insurance agent and and help them out the best way I can. Great. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself and and your office. So I work for, as you stated, Shelter Insurance. To the best of my knowledge, the office itself has been in Chickasha since about the mid-70s. And then from there, it's kind of been just carried on by, by different agents. Shelter just celebrated our 75th anniversary so even though we don't get the advertisement you know as some of the big boys do and stuff and and maybe the name recognition like some of the other people are we've we've definitely been around and and proven ourselves i myself uh february 22nd was uh, my six-year anniversary uh and so it's just kind of crazy how fast time has flown by and and certainly a lot of growing pains and and understanding the industry i did not I come from an insurance background Uh, prior to getting with Shelter Insurance, uh, spent most of my time in banking uh, and then did some some sales uh, for a local company in town and then moved over to the insurance. But uh, it's it's gone by really fast, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. Good. So almost a decade in the insurance industry, something always new and exciting going on with insurance, just like anything that involves your finances. Um, so the main purpose of the podcast today is we want to talk about storm season and what what a customer should do whenever they sustain damage, whether it be hail, wind, tornado, anything like that. So scenario, a big hailstorm comes through, you've got shingles all over the place, you see holes in your roof. What, what should a customer do? Yeah, so the first thing I always tell people is to remediate any further damages to take place. And so whether it's yourself, whether it's calling a roofer, getting somebody to come out there, tarp, cover over whatever's already taken damage, because we don't want further damage to take place. And so, you know, of course, people think about, well, what's what about the cost of doing that kind of stuff? And I'm like, well, no, you keep your receipts, keep your invoices. Of course, roofers and stuff, they know how this stuff works. They know they're going to get paid. And so they may just come out there, get it taken care of, get things covered up. Because the last thing we want is what used to be 
just uh, a hill damaged where you tore off your shingles and we need to replace shingles and decking turn into now we have water damage getting into the house and now we have to replace drywall and stuff like that so you know first and foremost is you know fine damage major damage yeah first and foremost get that get that covered up get that protected you know I've told people all the time hey I'm not a roofer but at the same time if I need to be able to come out and help and and you know, do those type of things, then then that's exactly what I want to do. Great. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like great advice. Um, definitely want, don't want to make your problem bigger than it already is. So we're going to remediate our damage and then we're going to talk to our insurance company. What are some of the things that the insurance company is going to tell you to do at that point? Once we know that there's not any further damage, and of course people need to realize usually if it's a cat, uh, damage where if it's a cat storm which means it's catastrophic and it's it's reaching out to a wide variety of people to where it wasn't just a direct hit in in one neighborhood but adjuster wise you're gonna have you know everybody on standby and you're gonna be having people coming in from out of state trying to help out and so our goal is always going to be once you contact us and you actually establish a claim you tell us that you've had damage this is the data damage this is what the damage was our goal is always going to be to contact you within the next 24 to 48 hours unfortunately though when it's been a catastrophic loss whether it's it's been a massive storm that's came through or tornadoes as we've talked about you know it may be five to seven days before somebody gets in contact with you and so for me one of my goals I've always thought is to set expectations as as the representative for them and for the company because I feel like when you when you set those expectations of hey you may not hear from someone in for 5 to 7 days at least they understand that and they're not panicky thinking hey my next door neighbor is already getting his roof replaced and I haven't even heard from somebody yet right um, and so but yes once they contact us and we we set up you know uh, an adjuster and they contact them, then they're going to come out and they're going to evaluate the damages. They're going to determine losses. I tell people all the time, if you want to have, you know, your specific roofer be out there with them at the time, that's, that's fine. But at the same time, you know, they've made it now to where with adjusters and I have to be cautious of talking about adjusting because you know, with adjusters, they have their own specific license. That is their own profession. And so when people come into my office and they want me to add, they want to talk to me about their claims, whether it's auto claim, a roof claim or whatever. Well, I'm not licensed for that. So I can't say that I'm a professional for that. But instead, I try to be a mediator. I, I My goal is if there's not good communication going on between you and the assigned adjuster, you let me know as soon as possible. I will get in contact with them and then make sure things are moving along. If they're not, then of course, that's when I'll go and talk to a supervisor and, and kind of figure out what we need to do and if we need to change adjusters because the, unfortunately those things, you know, do happen. They do, yeah. So um, you got your adjuster to come out, you hire a roofer, like do I need to go get five estimates uh, for my damage or how does that process work? So with shelter, for instance, we're going to pay what we owe and owe what we pay. So the only value that you're going to have by going out and getting several estimates is when we when we come back and we say, all right, this is what we're going to pay, you automatically know if that's fair or not fair by what the other adjustments have, have come about. Now, 
you know, if if you come back uh, and you bring us an invoice that says it's going to cost twenty thousand dollars to place this roof, and our estimate was for only sixteen, you know, that's a conversation for, for instance, your roofer and our adjusters to determine what are they trying to charge us for, and what does the policy say that we're going to pay for, and and make those concessions. Uh, there's going to be instances that we're going to say, no, this is what the policy says we're going to pay. We're not going to pay for anything else. And they may battle back and forth and you can let the adjuster and, and, you know, the roofing company do that. But that's also why I say it's very important to use local people, uh, because I don't think they're going to take advantage of you and try to get as much money out, out of you as possible. One of the things people will realize when it comes to storm season is you're going to have storm chasers. You're going to have people coming from out of state, uh, certainly from out of town, that know there was a big hell storm or big wind storm that came through this area, and they're going to start door knocking. And, you know, that's fine if you, you let them look at it and stuff. But at the same time, try to use somebody local. We're, we're fortunate in Chickasha that we have at least probably four good roofing companies that live here that know that they're going to run into grocery store uh, or at a ball game and you know they're not going to try to take advantage of you uh, because of that and so you know yeah if you want to get one or two you know um, that's perfectly fine but it's also not necessary another part of the process is our agreement our contract is not with your roofer so we're actually going to mail you the check your responsibility is then to pay whoever you want to pay. You know, in the end, it, it's not uncommon that we send you a check and you haven't even had a roofer come out there yet. Uh, and so, you know, that could be expected as well. Sure. So, uh, yeah, that's great information. So there's a lot of different variables when it comes to the storms um, and how your claim gets processed and in what timely manner. But since you've already mitigated your loss, you made uh, adjustments for that, gone and tarped something or anything like that, you, you have a little bit more time to secure your home and your belongings. Okay, so I picked, an adjuster's come out and he sent me a $16,000 check. Um, but my estimate is for $18,000. I'm thinking, okay, something's off here. So there, your deductible comes off of your check that you receive um, right off the top? Yes, absolutely. So deductibles, you can kind of think of it as your self-insurance. Uh, these are the things that you decide, hey, depending on what you, you want your premium to be, you decide, all right, I will take financial responsibility for the first thousand of any loss, the first 2,500 of any loss. Or in homeowners, a lot of times when you look at policies, you're going to see a percentage. Uh, percentage is going to be based on the dwelling coverage, which is your coverage A. Uh, and so, for instance, if your house is $200,000, it'll be 1% of that, which would be $2,000. Uh, and that's kind of how it figured. So, yes, your self insuring side of it is going to be the $2,000 taken off the top. So if it's supposed to be an $18,000 loss, we're gonna send you a check for 16,000 because you've said, hey, I will cover the 2,000. There's gonna be some instances to where there may be more than 2,000 taken off. Anytime you have a claim, there's always gonna be depreciation. Uh, depreciation is usually based off of age and condition of the house. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize, at least I've found out in my, my time with shelter is insurance is not a warranty. It's not right. there to, to replace something that is 20 years old. 
if you get a 20 if you get 20 years out of something you've almost met its lifespan and so you know if if it if there's a total loss of a roof and it's 20 years old they're not going to give you enough money to replace it and put a brand new roof on but instead they're going to give you what your roof was worth at the time of loss now second part of that is we have people coming in all the time and asking about replacement cost and well, one of the big differences with replacement cost is one, starting your, your value at a lot higher. So if it's a 20 year old roof, but you have replacement cost, well, instead of us starting the value at a 20 year old roof price, we're actually going to start it at what it would cost to replace it today. Now, there's still going to be some depreciation taken off of that, but because it is a replacement policy, they have recoverable depreciation. And you have to look at, when you when you get your invoice from the insurance company, they're gonna have a breakdown of all those type of things. And one of the things you may read on there is it's going to say recoverable depreciation. And practically how that works is, at least through Shelter, because I can't speak for everyone because I don't have experience with other companies, but once you get your roof replaced and you send us pictures or an invoice showing that it's replaced, the line item that says recoverable depreciation we're going to send you the remainder of that money and so our hope it's not always going to be this this case but our hope is the only money that you're going to be out of pocket is going to be your deductible but at the same time that may not always be the case i've talked to people that for instance live in areas like arizona that do not get hell. As far as part of being a homeowner, they're gonna to have to replace their roof every 20 years. They're not fortunate that they live in Tornado Alley where they have storms and hell and things that actually total their roof before it meets its lifespan. Uh, but somebody told me at one point in time when I got into the insurance that standard roof uh, lasts about 15 to 20 years in Oklahoma. There's a variety of reasons for that, but the main thing is, when you go from the different size of hail that we experience, when you go from wind speeds up to 60, 70 miles an hour, and then when you go from temperatures varying from negative below all the way up to 115, these roofs just don't have the ability to sustain near as long as maybe what they say as far as a 30 or 40 or 50 year old roof. Sure, so. absolutely. So I got my estimate from the insurance company Total cost for my roof is 18,000. I may have another 2,000 taken off for my deductible, and then we'll have another amount maybe taken off for that recoverable depreciation, and then we'll get that balance. Um, that's confusing. Yeah. There's a lot of parts to that, and learning what deductibles you have on your policy, uh, you definitely need to talk to your insurance agent, figure out what your what policy you're buying um, at the time before the loss happens. Right. That's the best way to mitigate any surprises when it comes to a loss. I'm sure. Um, so not everything has to do with the actual home itself. Um, many people have nice fences or a gazebo, a detached patio. How does that play in when they when there's storm damage to those items? Most policy forms, when you come into an insurance agent and you ask for, you know, coverage on your home, uh, most policies automatically provide you with 10% for other structures. Again, when we talk about percentage, you're always going to go back to coverage A or your dwelling. So if it's a two thousand a $200,000 house, then the policy is automatically going to provide 20000 for other structures. And, and kind of like you said, Whitney, other structures are going to be detached garages, privacy fences, gazebos, sheds in the backyard, 
swimming pools. I mean, there's a wide variety. Well, in some instances, 20,000 may be more than enough. In other instances, it may not. And, you know, unfortunately, us as insurance agents aren't mind readers to know exactly all the stuff that you have. Sure. And so we need a little help as far as you, you know, saying, well, I have, you know, this or that, or will this be covered? And then for us to be able to find out. But yeah, if, if a wind windstorm like we've had for the last couple of days comes through and blows down your fence, you know, then yeah, they're going to come in and they're going to determine what the value of your fence is. Again, go back to subtracting off your deductible. You know, um, one of the things that it does make me think about is some policies do not cover damages that are non-structural. So for instance, if you've got a fence or a metal roof and it got hail damage, but it just looks bad. It's not actually structurally damaged. Well, one of the things that you need to find out is if your policy covers cosmetic damage. Uh, and I've found where some policies that I've seen or that we've even been able to write uh, do not cover cosmetic damage. So if there's not an actual punctured through the metal or if, if the wood is still intact but it just looks ugly, you know, they're not going to be able to cover that. So you have to be a little bit cautious. But if we have a, a storm damage that comes through and we've covered the house and now we're moving on to other structures, that's going to be the same deductible uh, because it's one loss. Uh, and that's one thing that, you know, at least you can feel relief from is that you're not going to have to have a, a, a $2,000 deductible, for instance, for each individual thing or each individual coverage, whether it's personal property or other structures or the dwelling, it's going to be for one loss. But they're going to manage each one of those losses individually, figure out how it needs to be fixed and what needs to be covered and go from there. Awesome. So you talk a lot about um, coverage, coverage A, the dwelling amount. So the coverage A amount typically isn't just what you buy your home for, right? The insurance amount is different than that. Can you talk to us a little bit about insuring your home for what you bought it for versus what the insurance company wants to insure it for? Yeah, absolutely. So usually when you buy a house, uh, especially the mortgage company, they're going to come back and they're going to either send, tell you or they're going to send something to the insurance company and they're going to say, we want replacement value. Uh, replacement value is if the house burnt down or blew away tomorrow, what would it cost to rebuild it? Well, we all know during COVID cost and inflation, that number has skyrocketed 30, 40 percent uh, and, and it's been just a nightmare. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people have that opinion and they're like, yeah, if this house burnt down and blew away, we would want this house right back. That's good and all uh, until you see the cost to replace your house. Uh, most people are working on a budget uh, and most people are buying used houses because that's all they can afford. If they could build a brand new house, they'd have went down to the nicest housing condition and built right. one then. Well, when you look at policies, one of the things that I always try to explain to people is like you're saying, the difference between replacement cost and market value or actual cash value, which is another term for it. Uh, unfortunately, in the insurance world, we do use a lot of acronyms. And so if you ever are seeing things like ACV 
or RC, uh, you know, talk to your insurance agent, make sure that they're explaining those different things to you. But, you know, when it comes to actual cash value or market value, what I tell people is you insure it for what you could be able to sell the house for. So if I were to go and put the house on the market today, what would you be able to sell it for? If you tell me, yeah, I could sell it for 150, then that's what you would insure it for as far as market value or actual cash value. The other thing is we're not allowed to write replacement cost without using a cost estimator. Cost estimators, each insurance company has their own established cost estimator, but it's practically a calculator. We put in the square footage of your house, we put in, you know, how many bathrooms you have, whether it's, you know, for instance, um, builders, you know, just standard building products, or if it's actually custom or semi-custom, and if you have fireplaces and what kind of shingles you have, and all of a sudden it's going to pop up and it's, it's going to average out, let's say, $160 a square foot. Uh, that $160 a square foot says if you want a replacement cost policy, then we have to insure it at $160 a square foot. Well, unfortunately, you bought it for $85 a square foot. <laughs> and so you have to make a decision, hey, do I want to rebuild or do I just want to be able to have enough money in the bank to go and buy another used house? But some banks won't allow you to have market value or actual cash value. They force you to have replacement cost and then some insurance companies only offer replacement cost right. so don't feel like that you're locked in to that's the only way that you can have a lot of conversations I have with senior adults people that if their house burnt down or blew away tomorrow they don't have enough life left in them to want to go and rebuild sure. well if you're not going to rebuild the house then why would you want to insure it that way because right. uh, especially some insurance companies are going to require that you rebuild it in the same lot the same place that you currently had and nobody wants to do that instead they may want to go find a nice town home you know a garden home uh you know condo and and move on down the road well sure. don't insure it that way but that also comes back to where you need to have honest conversations with your insurance agent explain to them your five-year plan 10-year plan you know um and that way they can you know, review your options and then be able to go from there. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't think about that when it comes to insurance. You know, you may think about that when you're talking about financial planning or stocks or something like that. Um, but your home insurance is really is really a lifelong investment. So I think a lot, you know, you, you're buying a home and your real estate agent and your mortgage agent's like, you need to go get insurance. And so you go get insurance. But it really is a conversation that you need to have um, so you can figure out what you're looking for, what your overall goals are for your home. And, and that really plays into what happens when you have a loss. Um, you don't want to buy your actual cash value policy and then be surprised at how much you have to pay to repair that home um, versus if you had a replacement cost policy. So those are great notes. So since we're having this great conversation about our homes, we all purchase auto insurance as required by the state. What goes on when you have a claim with your auto insurance and what are important coverages for you to have? Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, you know, people, when they come in and get insurance, they always say, I want the cheapest insurance I can possibly get. Everybody wants that. In this day and time, that's become harder and harder, especially with young drivers, distractive driving. Uh, we all know we could drive down the road and look to our left and right and somebody's on their cell phone. Uh, it, it's just going to be a constant thing. But uh, main thing is, is understanding what financial protection you want for yourself, whether it's I want my vehicle fixed or I want to make sure that somebody else's vehicle is fixed and they can't come after me personally. But 
First, on the coverages. Everybody comes in and, and especially if it's a new vehicle, they say, I want full coverage. Oh, well, unfortunately, we have to tell them, if I check all the box, your whole idea of wanting to be cheap and you know competitive goes completely out the window. Because honestly, there's at least 20 boxes that I can check for all kinds of coverages that you have zero desire. Most of the time, people just want their vehicle fixed. Uh, and so a lot of times that can be covered just by having comp and collision. Now, one of the things they don't think about and always ask your insurance company is going to be rental coverage. Because uh, while your vehicle's in the shop, you know, you may need to have, you know, a separate vehicle and you could have paid an extra $4 a month to make sure that you got a rental car. But when it comes to coverages, coverages are broke down by practically two breakdowns, comp and collision. Uh, collision is going to be when you struck a stationary object or struck another vehicle or the vehicle becomes upside down. Uh, everything else is going to fall under comp. And then when I say everything else, really what I'm applying to is going to be weather damage. So wind damage, uh, hail damage, if a tree falls on your car, uh, if your car catches on fire, if you're in the parking lot and you get a door ding, those are all going to fall under comp. Well, another thing that people don't realize is that you can have different deductibles for different coverages. So for instance, uh, comp is gonna fall under your windshield. If your windshield gets cracked from debris or from driving down the road, well, we know windshields are probably gonna cost $300 to replace them, but your deductible is 500. Well, guess what? You're gonna have to repair that windshield out of your own pocket. But if you knew that comp claims are normally going to be a smaller claim, you may have chose to carry a $250 deductible. Now you get to use the insurance. Now it's available to you. And so a lot of people, especially if they're commuters and they're on the road all the time, maybe they need to look at what those exact deductibles are and maybe adjust them depending on what they need. But a lot of times collision is going to be structural damage, uh, whereas comp is going to be more cosmetic damage. And so a lot of times what I find out is people come in and they say, hey, my vehicle's now 10 years older, 15 years older. I don't need full coverage anymore. I don't need physical damage anymore. And what they don't realize is that there's step down limits, that they can actually carry collision and not carry comp or carry comp and not carry collision. But then the other thing is on coverages is the people are always like, I want uninsured motorists because they believe if I get uninsured motorist, if somebody hits me and doesn't have insurance because we know one out of four people aren't carrying insurance, I want my vehicle fixed. Well, uninsured motorist has nothing to do with physical damage to your vehicle, but instead only has to do with bodily injury to you or the passengers in your vehicle. And so if they come in and they say they want uninsured motorist and I say, well, you're 65, you have Medicare, Medicaid, you have all this other insurance. Uninsured motorist is going to pay for expenses that you have, but if you have no expenses, why do you need uninsured motorist? Well, they're like, well, because I want my vehicle fixed. I'm like, but that's not what that coverage is for. So the main thing is we all know that hospital stays are expensive, and especially if people are driving around with the minimum liability limits, which in the state of Oklahoma is 25 $25,50, $25 which means 25 per person, 50,000 per accident, and only 25,000 for physical damage. I usually say you want uninsured motorists to make sure that if your medical bill goes above that $50,000, that's why you need it. Uh, if you have good medical insurance, then maybe that'll cover the difference. But first and foremost, that's the conversation that we try to have with people. 
After that, the claims experience is is pretty, you know, straightforward. Fortunately, with Shelter, we don't have a specific body shop that you have to go to. You don't have to get an estimate. You don't have to get five estimates. Uh, you know, in the end, we're going to find out what damages have taken place to your vehicle, and we're going to put in our system what it costs to repair that. And again, kind of like with the roof, if the costs are way more than what the estimate came back from the body shop, then we'll have a conversation with the body shop and get everything fixed. Uh, the other thing on vehicles, a lot of people are worried that if they cash the check that they accept that that's as much as they're gonna get. Well, you drive down the road a little while or, or a week later and all of a sudden you feel like you've got some issues you know, no, we can reopen that claim. We can go back and, you know, fix things. So many times people forget that we, we work for you. Right. We're there for you. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they think, you know, they talk to a roofer, they talk to a body shop and they think, you know, insurance companies are out to get you. Well, they're the ones that are trying to collect the money. So that's why they have that mindset. But in sure. the end, no, we're going to do whatever we can to, to help you out the best we can. Sure. Absolutely. Your insurance is your friend. 99% of the time. Yes. Uh, not to say it doesn't have its tricks and pitfalls, but your insurance is there to protect you and to protect your family um, and, and other people around you as well. What are the benefits of our community shopping local with our local insurance agents versus hopping online and just going to a website to buy their insurance? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all working on a budget. We're all trying to live within our means, and I'm not about to tell somebody and be take it personal when they go down the street and they can save $50 a month, which that will go to help put more food on the table or gas in the tank or whatever. But don't go cheap at a cost. And when I say a cost, most of it's going to come back to service. So I can go to 1-800 or www.whoever and get a cheaper rate. But the issue is going to be when you actually need them, what kind of service are you going to receive? Are you going to be on hold for 20, 30 minutes? trying to you know get a hold of somebody or every time you called you talk to a different person and you're having to explain things over and over again and so in the end is that cheaper five ten dollars actually worth you going through that nightmare and having issues also if you've got questions most of the time you're not going to get any answers you're certainly not going to get somebody that's going to take the time to explain things because most of the time you're going in, you're filling out a form, you're telling it what you need versus them telling you what you need. Sure. Well, now all of a sudden you're the insurance professional. That's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. when when all of a sudden you're you're calling somebody and you're just it's like you're order you're going to McDonald's and ordering, you know, a number 5 and saying this is what I need. Well, you know, that's fine when you're ordering food, but when you're getting insurance and you want to make sure that insurance is protecting you, I'm a little bit more leery. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that insurance really is a, a legal entity. Um, the, there's a ton of legality when it comes to your home insurance or your auto insurance, especially your auto insurance when you're dealing with a car accident or something like that. And getting to talk with a local professional who you can actually see face to face um, and someone who actually explained those coverages to you and, and things that you may not even realize that you need. Um, I think there's just a ton of benefit to that. We have a ton of great options for that here in Chickasha and a great insurance community of professionals here. 
Um, so what a great conversation we've had today about insurance, tons of information. Um, if you have more questions about your home insurance or what happens when you have a claim, uh, feel free to reach out to Garen Smith at Shelter Insurance here in Chickasha. Uh, we also have a number of members uh, of the chamber here that are insurance agents. So if you're needing a good insurance agent or you just need some insurance advice, call us here at the chamber. Check out our member directory online. Um, we have a number of great resources for you when it comes to uh, filling your insurance needs. So thank you so much for joining us, Garen. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, it was fun. And I hope you'll tune in uh, for our podcast in May. We'll see you next time. We had a great visit with Garen today about insurance coverage on home and auto. So many questions that were answered, but I think a lot more questions that could be asked when it comes to your insurance. We have a number of chamber members who are great insurance professionals, so please be sure to check our member directory or call our office so we can give you some recommendations to one of our great chamber members. Thank you again to our podcast sponsors, First National Bank and Trust Company and Hillary Communications. We hope to see you next month.